Hey everyone, it's Chell from the Roost Podcast. I'm flying solo today right now. I am at the Liverpool Public Library out in Liverpool, New York at the Meet the Author event. Unfortunately, we literally found out about this last minute, which is why we're covering this instead of Empire State Comic Con because we're helping out a very good friend, author Aaron Kelly, who is the author of Tainted Moonlight and Captured Moonlight, available on Amazon. Links down below. You guys know the drill. So pretty much just sit back, relax, and enjoy the three or four authors that we've chosen to interview for you guys. Also, as per normal tradition, all the info down in the links. You guys know the drill, and sit back and enjoy. Hey everyone, this is Chell once again, and I am here with local author Jackie Grace. How are you? Oh, I'm doing very well. Nice nice to talk to you. <laughs> nice to talk to you. Now, I went around and talked to everybody before, and just the watercolors and the actual idea of your children's book, it, it's adorable, and I love it. Well, thank Can you. you explain to the listeners what it's about? Certainly. My book is entitled um, Leroy the Wide Mouth Frog with uh, a subtitle uh, a west african folktale meets hip-hop so it's a great book uh, about a curious frog that's been accused of being very nosy um, and uh, a wide mouth frog who's also been accused of being a big mouth uh, who goes around the african jungle uh, asking the animals uh, what do they feed their babies? And so he's annoying, and he's, you know, in their business, meddling and all of those kinds of things. But um, in the end, he learns a very valuable lesson that sometimes uh, asking too many questions, being in people's business, um, could very well end up not nice. Yeah, as I saw with the ending, it is actually quite cute. And... Um I will be, I have one of your cards, and as, again, tradition, and people could probably repeat with me, check in the comments down below for all the info on her stuff. Absolutely. So what gave you the idea of the wide mouth frog? Well, actually, I heard the story. Um, I used to attend lots of storytelling conferences, and um, one young lady told this story um, with, you know, um, I, I would say typical song that Leroy is doing, I'm a wide mouth frog. And I thought, oh my goodness, I love the storyline, but how could I make that story mine? You know, and so what I did was basically infuse who I am, which is soulful, which is, you know. Oh, I can tell I, like, <laughs> even though you're wearing black, it is the colors of the accessories are actually also what drew me over is oh, just the thank colors. You. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I just basically, you know, infused who I am and my love of rap, my love of dancing, you know, hip hop, all of that. I decided that, wow. I think I would like to retell this story with me being uh, a part of the, the character, uh, being, being a part of the culture of the book. I, I love it. Also, you had a, another book out, which might as well go and plug that as well, <laughs> since we have Absolutely. the time. Absolutely. So my second book for Leroy is Leroy Gets Real, which is also a great story about Leroy learning that he does, does not have to change himself, but be who he really is. And my third book, uh, blessed to have written all three books in less than six months. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Achievement unlocked. There you go. Is a, a little girl whose name is Lizzie May. She's a little African-American girl who is pretty much a superhero because she, um, or hero, 
because she goes around solving day-to-day problems and she does that by uh, collaborating, by asking questions, by getting the wisdom of people in her community. I love it. It's like just the two illustration styles. For those who can't see, of course, because this is audio, um, we love to break the fourth wall in ours. Um, is beautiful watercolors, and it's phenomenal. And you said that your former student was the one who did the illustration. Absolutely, the Leroy. Um, I had a student that was eight or nine years old, and was approached at twenty-eight. Uh, about illustrating, when I found out that he was an author, no, I'm sorry, an artist, um, I uh, inquired, would you like to uh, take a stab at doing, you know, Leroy the White Mouth Frog? And he's actually started retelling me the story, which oh, meant that, that he is amazing. remembered the story, story and had actually internalized the story. Oh, that is the, phenomenal. The illustrations are phenomenal. They are. So, I, I love them so yes, much. Absolutely. <laughs> So, as tradition, we actually do also have funny questions that we ask that are given to us by our fans. And I have a couple of them memorized. Okay. So, one of our favorite ones is, if you had a wish and wished for $27.69, what would you spend it on? $27.69. Wow. Very specific, I know. Yeah, I know. $29. You know what? I think I would pay that forward. I would give it to those that are in need. I would look at what kinds of charities are around, and I think that's what I would do with that money. I approve. I approve highly. And then our traditional, because now we have an egg count. How do you like your eggs cooked? My eggs, oh, scrambled soft. All right. Uh, With sprinkles of mm, cheddar cheese. Ooh, that Mm. sounds good. That sounds good. (laughs) All righty. So once again... This was Jackie, and it was great speaking with you. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. No problem. And you guys, upcoming next is, well, I'll introduce them then. See ya. (laughs) Hey, everyone. I'm back at it again. And here is actually something, it's maybe nonfiction, but it's something that is definitely, I honestly, just from hearing, is probably a phenomenal read just by hearing how you spoke of it and like the heart and soul and this is Joe Abadi. You can introduce yourself. Hello. <laughs> is that good enough? That's perfectly uh, nice fine. And short. Mm-hmm. Um what is the name of your book? It's called God's Only Mistake. And uh, the subtitle is Becoming a Man in My Father's Eyes. All right. So tell the listeners a little bit what it's about. Well, the title actually refers to me and it's something that my father called me one day. Um, he was uh, a man with a very uh, sharp, kind of abusive tongue, and he could, uh, was very critical. And at one day, uh, he had called me that. It's not something I necessarily believe. People might see it and think that I feel that way, but it's actually the opposite. And the book, you wanted to know something about the book? Of course. It's about, um, it's going to sound a little depressing, but it's actually, you can flip that around. Because when I write, I almost always deal with uplifting and humorous things. It was about uh, when, right after he had had open heart surgery and he was seriously ill, um, I was called upon to take care of him and my mother who were retired and living in the backwoods of Maine in Stephen King country. 
Oh man! And this is the this is like a mile away from neighbors. Uh, my mother did not drive; she was taking care of him alone. And they called on me, their, their oldest uh, child, and I happen to be an agoraphobic and I have social anxiety disorder, so I don't get out of my house as much. So uh, this was like I would describe it as burdensome, difficult. Uh, and I had to get on a bus, go 600 plus miles, and spend three weeks taking care of him. And <clears throat> I describe him in the book as one of the world's crankiest patients. He believed all doctors were quacks, and he did oh, not take his medicine. Oh, that just sounds like fun. Oh yes, it was. It was a it was a bundle of laughs. Really, it was very enjoyable. Uh, so basically, I had to take care of this Archie Bunker type of guy, who would pick apart everything I did. And I had to nurse him back to health, get him, because uh, I was going to be there th- three weeks. It was in the fall, three weeks until I would go home in um, Thanksgiving. And the book came about because at the end of every day, when I would like kind of suppress my feelings, like you don't take a sick person and they're yelling at you, you don't yell back. You mm-hmm. you nurse them. That's where they get the word nurse from. I would keep a journal at the end of the day, and I saved that journal, and later I felt like I had enough material to turn it into a book on how I went about this process and how I took this guy. And, and the, the, the crux of the story is how I got through this time, and I looked at it as not a burden. I looked at it as a gift because my father had always been critical of everything I did. I thought... I have a chance to earn his approval. I have a chance, and I, I really consider it a blessing, a chance to, to prove myself as a man in his eyes while he was still alive. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I consider that a blessing. I consider it that as well. Just that ability to be able to do that is something that most people sometimes don't get and I know from traveling a lot of people have the social anxiety and I can see how they can relate with you as being it's a burden to go outside I just really don't want to it's that kind of yeah you have to um, learn how to deal with a lot of fears there was a fear of well, I was uh, taking a bus, and I, the bus trip took like uh, 14 hours from Syracuse uh. to, to past Bangor to where no, no mm-hmm. man lives. So it's moose country, basically moose country. And it was like, oh, I don't know where I am at any given time. And I was so, it's, it's literally like an OCD thing where I would um, take all the food that I had and put it in little plastic bags or oh, I had to keep something in my stomach so I didn't get motion sickness so I take like 14 little plastic bags and put like pretzels in it and like it was like I guess it was like kind of a form of mild insanity but it was like a coping coping mechanism I was about to say it's a coping mechanism it really for is. it I printed out the schedule the bus schedule <laughs> so I could kind of monitor where I was at any given time based but off I, of the time never, yeah Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I never wanted to leave the bus because I thought, okay, if I miss, if I, you know, miss a connection or mm-hmm. they, they leave, so when we have like stops, rest stops, I was like, oh no, I don't know if I can get off this bus. So it was quite an experience. But um, again, where they live, it was gorgeous, a gorgeous part of the country, but uh, so scary the the events surrounding it. 
but the outcome was positive. I don't want to give away too much, mm -hmm. but um, it, it was, I never looked back with regrets. It was something I was blessed to have the opportunity to do, and I would do it again in an instant. Now, my question is, where can we find your book? Well, it's if you just look up my name on Amazon, the, this one is written under, you would have to look up Joseph. So I also have fiction, I use Joe. I think fiction is lighter, so I use Joe. So if you look up my name, Joseph Abate, A-B-B-A-T-E, it's on Amazon, anybody can pick it up there. All right, and you guys know the drill, it's down in the comments below. Is there anything advice-wise you wanna give the listeners? About the book? About anything. Um, <clears throat> I would give uh, some advice to its aspiring writers uh, just for being at events like this and people come up to you and they hear your story and everybody has a story to tell. I think that, I, I truly believe that everybody does have a story to tell. You just have to get busy and tell it the right way. And if you can't do it, then find someone who, who will listen to you and write it down. I think it's important to share your stories with everybody. I tend to like to write ones that are uplifting and they have something in it that will you know, uplift the, the human spirit. Uh, but I believe that if you're a survivor, everybody goes through problems in life, life is tough, tell your story to others. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I may not be the best at writing, which is why I use audio. It's consider me a modern age bard, per se. It's yeah. retelling stories through voice is something passed down. Well, you're using the technology <laughs> in mm -hmm. a positive way, and that's always a good thing. Yep. So once again, this is Joe Abadi or Joseph Abadi. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Hey, everyone. And this is our last interview, of course, but we will have a very special one coming up later. With this one, I actually am really glad I got to do yours last because I do have some fun questions. This is Patricia Antone. Can you introduce yourself a little more? Hi, I'm Patricia Antone. I write romantic suspense uh, with children leaving for college. I had to find a new hobby and instead fall into an absolute passion. I, I love it. Empty nest syndrome gone to um, better empty nest syndrome, I guess, <laughs> into passion. No pun intended on that one. Oh, let's have fun with the puns. Go, go for it. All right. Good thing we are rated explicit. So you do not have to worry about language. Trust me. Okay. So what is... I, I kind of fell in love with the idea of the standalone. I like doing the standalones because I average about one print book a year, and you don't have to wait another year to find out what happened. You know it on the end. I'm a firm believer in a happily ever after. All right, so what is your one standalone about the cowboy about? And give me the title, too. Catching a Cowboy's Eye. He was a fun story. Uh, Garrett is a ranch foreman who lives in Wyoming, and this pickup truck pulls in with their New York City transplant. And he gets his world rocked because she's not what he expected. And all she cares about is they're in the middle of nowhere. Fun. So what would you give these ratings? Like, how far does it go? Um, if you've read any of the Harlequin Blazes, I'm probably in a comparison to them. I am in no way, shape, or form Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, thank God. I have so many problems with that book. You know, I read it. It the storyline wasn't bad. You know what? I'll read just about anything. It has a happily ever after. I never read anything like that before, so it was a little bit of an eye-opener. It, it's the subculture is the thing that I actually have the problem with. It's everything else is, I, I don't care. It's the way that they portray that subculture. 
is I've met so many people where we just sit and we can rip into it for days, but yeah. I digress. Not my cup of tea, but hey, uh, it, it, I like a series. It was a series. I had mm-hmm. more than one book to make my way through to see if the story was going to go anywhere. I ended up liking the characters. I, I'm all about the character. I, I can flip pages to skip things. I'm all about my characters. True. All right. So I took a creative writing class in college. I got some really good advice. Don't ever write because your grammar sucks. <laughs> Okay, no, like, honestly, it's as if I'm speaking now, this is my grammar. It's atrocious. Um, so my thing is, we did cover the potential writing romance mm-hmm. and the traditional flowing hair Fabio and such. Okay. I read all of Fabio's books. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was just throwing that out there as a joke, but that is amazing. <laughs> all right, so... Is it true that there are rules that they cannot kiss before a certain page number? You cannot ah, go with this. Like your those sweet romances. There are different labels and steps. You, I, I understand I have a friend, uh, Christy Logan. She writes sweet romances. Yes, there are rules to follow. I'm writing in a contemporary romance, which the rules are mine. I am the god of my universe. All right, so there is a difference in the different romances that you can do. I'm used to the under a thousand word one shot we throw two characters into a scenario. Oh my, they're screwing by chapter three. (laughs) And by chapter three, I mean the third paragraph. But this is the already the characters are developed. You know how they are. This is, oh, hey, we're just going to take this little scene. We're going to write it kind of thing. You're looking more at a novella. And Mm -hmm. um, I actually have not written a novella. I'm actually considering it. I had such great response from Catching a Cowboy that they're clamoring for more of my characters and they want more from them. Oh, man. So I am considering a novella, which is approximately 25 to 35,000 words. The average romance novel is over 80,000 words. God damn. That that is nano Ramo on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> like, would you do two novellas for Nanoramo? What is that? Uh, Nanoramo is actually the. It's in November. It's the National N- Novel Writing Month, and it's a challenge to write fifty thousand, Erin. Fifty thousand words in thirty days. I'd have to see how my. I have a real day job that I do on the side here, so I'm not a full-time writer that would be have something i'd have to gauge my calendar because i would be interested well, that in would be the novella out. is even doing even one doing it in the same time of oh hey but this is i'm working on this one work for the month as my challenge my record is in one week's time i cranked out ten thousand words okay so definitely the novella for nanorama would be a good idea it'd be a possibility mm-hmm. i i would totally read that and you can actually advertise it as, this is my NaNoWriMo. Because oh. artists we have, well, for comic books, we have this insane challenge. I have yet to be able to complete it. Finish a t- complete comic book in 24 hours. Wow. So that means that you need to get one page done from start to finish. And I mean, you can walk in with some references, but creating the characters, creating the plot line and everything, you must complete in 24 hours. That's a challenge. It's insanity. I fell asleep at my desk on stream. (laughs) We don't talk about last year's. Um, (laughs) And then I had a convention the next day. And I fell asleep at the booth on top of the comic. Ouch. It was fun. It was phenomenally a blast. And I loved every second of it. But we also have Inktober, which is we get prompts and we draw that. But we can only, we can barely sketch it. 
but the rest of it's all done with pen, pencil, sh uh, pen, sharpie, ink, etc. I commend people that can do that kind of thing. My stick figures need help. Yo, do stick figures. <laughs> Same with my mother. She can draw a stick figure kitty cat, but that's about it. And I go around selling artwork a whole bunch, so... But the Nanoremo, definitely look into that because it's definitely. got a huge thing and a huge following, and it's a pure advertising point, to be honest. That would be fun. Like, I'll definitely be checking it out. Thank you for the heads up. And then you can do, like, hey, this is my Nanoremo of 2018. This is my Nanoremo of 2019, and do a limited run. Then people will want it. Very and then fun. I know I'll be first online for that because first, well, copy, first edition copies with autographs are my, um, they're my guilty pleasure. <laughs> I don't care what it is. It's first edition copy. I'm going to go read it. Awesome. Like, I actually hunt down people if I don't get it autographed. I will hunt you down. I finally found my comic book author after three years and had him sign my stupid books. That's fun. I'm, I'm so, like, enthusiastic about meeting the creators, meeting your passion I on have it. a shelf in my office that is slowly starting, and I'm about a quarter of the way through it with books that I've had signed by authors that I have been a fan of and managed to run into, or I came to one of these book signings, and they were here, and I was like, oh, I don't have that one. Sign away. So I'm, I have the small collection going. You, you have the same little collector's bug as I do. Well, they're books, and for me, my books are my pretties and my guilty pleasure. Yes. All right, so where can we find your books? You can find me on Barnes & Noble and on Amazon. Um, I have ebook available, and I only have two print books right now. I try to average one a year, so people who like to hold something will have something to hold. And if not, you can hold your Nook or Kindle or whatever phone you use because I know Kindle has a quite nice app on their phone. Yes, they do. I have them in both of mine because that's how I download the samples and make sure I formatted them so you can actually read them. That is a good thing. If you ever need a uh, spare beta reader, I'm totally free. <laughs> I just might take you up on that. I Word. am always looking for a beta reader. Oh, yeah. I, I can totally give some good input on things. Thank you. All right. So any advice you have for our listeners? I did a blog interview with Bryn Pollen at the beginning of the month, and one of the things I said was, don't regret what you didn't do. Regret what you didn't succeed at, because no matter how hard you try, you'll find something you'll succeed at, and that will be your greatest triumph. I, I actually agree looking at the podcasting. Yeah, I agree with that completely. <laughs> So that, those are our three interviews. You guys, again, you all know the drill. Repeat with me. Check in the comments down below. You'll find all the author's info, their sites, their blogs, where to buy, where to support them, the whole nine yards. And I will see you guys probably for the normal edition of Squawk Talk coming out. And also, guess what? Spoopy Burrow's coming back. I know. Oh my god, we've been on hiatus for two months. I'm so sorry. But we will explain why in the future episodes, and we will see you then. See you guys!